I'm Liz Sebachik, and this is Humans of Tango, where we explore what tango has to teach through the experiences of those who dance in it. Nick Thompson is one of the only people I've met through the DC tango community who actually grew up in DC. But his tango journey started on the other side of the United States when he went off to college at Portland State University. Coming from DC, like Portland was the most different. Like I don't know anybody here and, you know, just start fresh, you know, make some new friends and see what you can come up with. So I just chose it. I was I just went with my my gut and just went for it. You know, I started finding the, the school clubs and trying to get involved in everything. I tried out a couple of different ones like the like kickboxing, the the basketball clubs, which I was more comfortable with those, but I wanted something more different than something I wasn't familiar with. And so I went to the dance studio one night and opened the door and there was tango. I was like, oh, okay, oh, this is different. I've never seen this before. And it was like the most inviting club I've ever been to. I think one is like, you know, they're just also really friendly in Portland. I don't know if you guys just like know everybody's that. super friendly in yeah, general. Everybody's super friendly in general. Yeah. But this time it was like, you know, there was more ladies than guys so like if there was a guy showing up they're like, oh please please come dance and there was actually a, a PE tango class as well and so now I had like this combination of the tango club the PE class and then after like you know making friends and going out a couple nights with some of the, the students there to the local milongas every day I could go dance and you know it's college and people are like going out to their own little parties but like I would rather go to the the tangos because I would get a lot more out of it. I would still hang out, you know, I balanced the two, like with my friends and then my non-tango friends. And then, so you like, had a life tango. outside of tango. You weren't like completely obsessed from the first day. <laughs> well, it was like a hidden obsession, you know, like I wouldn't. You were trying to play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, just kind of do some errands and then uh, probably go out somewhere. I wasn't very specific. <laughs> but, but it would be tango you know, <laughs> back in dc like you know lived with my family so i was like if i went out at night they're like where are you going you know like there's always that question and so this time it's like i could go anywhere i want i'm gonna go you know see make some friends make some adventures uh experience something and try to learn something so yeah i think i was into that moment of freedom. It turns out that Nick's gut had taken him to a city where tango was thriving. For a little anecdotal perspective, I first heard about the Portland tango scene way back in 2007 when I was living and dancing in another hemisphere in Montevideo, Uruguay, the co-birthplace of tango across the river from Buenos Aires. At that time, Portland was already home to an international tango festival called Valentango, where Nick would volunteer just a few years later. According to the website for Valentango 2022, which you can find linked in the show notes along with a little more history about Portland Tango, Valentango is the largest and longest running tango festival in North America. For anyone new to the concept of tango festivals in general, they're usually multi-day events that draw geographically diverse dancers together for social dancing, classes, and performances. For new dancers, a festival like Valentango can offer a tantalizing glimpse of the world of tango beyond their local community. It was like kind of like seeing like an all-star game of like 
the best dancers from all over. And, you know, they came all the way from, you know, their country to here in Portland of all the places. Um, but I know when I saw the performances, I saw another level to the dance. It wasn't just, you know, walking, weight changes and cross. Nick was smitten, and he was ready to go to the place where his beloved had come from. I just had, like, enough passion at that point that I looked up as, what, what's the way I can get to Argentina after, you know, dancing for a year? I saw this program and said, oh, study abroad in Argentina or Spain, you know? And I was like, oh, well, obviously I'm going to go to Argentina. My, my mom's side of the family is Dominican. But, you know, like, if you're in the U.S., like, you don't speak as much Spanish. Like, with your friends, you'll speak English. And then in the house, you'll speak Spanish. But I had enough Spanish to, to speak fluently. It made the going over there easy. It was just, but also the, the Argentine Spanish is a little bit different. A little they, bit different. <laughs> <laughs> they use the, so much of the SH sounds. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I went to the airport and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be fine. I don't need any, you know, instructions. I can find my way. I went to the front desk and I was like, oh yeah, I'm trying to go get this bus. And then they were like, okay, what's your name? And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, my name is Nick. I said, me llamo Nick. And they were like, they're like, ¿qué? I was like, <laughs> me, I was like, me llamo Nick. And they're like, uh, no, te, no te entiendo. I was like, okay, me llamo Nick. And they're like, oh, okay, okay, this way. I was like, you, like they, could not, they could not understand if I didn't have a session there. I was like, okay, this is going to be a little bit challenging. I went to uh, Rosario. It wasn't Buenos Aires. So it was like part of the third largest city in Argentina. It was nice because it wasn't like a, a huge tango scene. It was like more of like a local tango scene. People yeah. know each other. Um, they take friends very seriously. And uh, I had a host mom too. She was really nice. She treated me like her own son. Mm-hmm. She still talks to me today. Yeah, she, she cooked a couple of meals for me. I told her I was interested in tango. She said, oh, yeah, I used to dance tango in school and and I told her, like, I'll, I'll probably go out at late at night if you don't, you know, don't get mad at me. <laughs> and so she, she kind of, like, you know, mapped it out for me where I can go for tango. So that was very nice. I don't think they opened until, like, really late. So I think I took a nap first, woke up later on, and then started my venture to the my first malanga. And that one was kind of uh, an experience because I stayed there till about 2 o'clock and then and I had like, okay, I got to get back to class. I think I was walking back to my my host mom's house. And I had long dreadlocks. So I guess I people could see me from far away. Like, oh, like, you know, this person is not from here. Not you know? a lot of dreadlocks in Rosario when I, when it, I was there. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very noticeable. So they these, uh, these police, this one police car saw me like walking. And then they like, they spun up really quickly, turned like made a huge U-turn, and they like came right up in front of me and stopped. And they both got out the car, and I was like, of course I stayed calm. And they're like, like they're like, what are you doing here, right? In Spanish, I'm like, oh no, I'm just uh, walking back home. And they're like, like really? I was like, yeah, like here, I, I got a flyer. I was at Tango. This is it. They're like, oh, you're at Tango, and they like kind of like laughed it off. And then they. They let me go, but you know, I think as long as I kept it cool, they it wouldn't have like escalated. You know, people were telling me like, you know, you might have problems being, you know, being black there, and 
and walking out on your own and stuff like that. But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let that, you know, ruin my trip out but there. That was your first time going out dancing that that happened? That was my first, that was oh. my first time going out. But I was like, you know, I'm, I just, everything was fine and they, they went off. And so I kept walking and I think I went out to the next Malonga I, I could get to, just like two nights later. So I was not letting that, you know, stop me from going out. That first Malonga, I had to like, you know, sit a little bit, you know, see how people danced and try to work my way into the crowd um, as I usually do it in, the, in a new place. But, you know, at, at the end of it, I knew people, I go to Malongas, they like invite me to sit down. They invited me to like sit afterwards and drink with them. And like, I, I love the whole culture of it. Very different than experiencing it in, in D.C. or, or Portland because, you know, they start later. They, they have their dinner first and they have some drinks later on and then they'll dance until like 6 a.m. sometimes, sometimes even 7. I was like, oh, man, I can't go out that late. I got class. I got homework. <laughs> but um, but that was like a, a new exposure to me and, and like that experience. So I, I did hit Buenos Aires after my program was done and I got two nights in there. And I actually met some people from Portland, like at one of the the local markets there. And they were performing at one of the Malangas. And they were like, yeah, yeah, just uh, follow us and we'll connect you and we'll go to the Malanga together. That little milestone of like why I love tango so much is like, it's like an instant connection to wherever you are. dancing and studying. And then one day he was a college graduate headed to China to teach English as a foreign language. The city I was in was called Xi'an. So yeah. in this in this home to the terracotta warriors. It's, like it's in the center of China, but it's considered Northwest China. I did a year contract with one of the companies. I'm learning the language there while I'm there. Nick was studying Mandarin and picking up some words of the local dialect here and there. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next, but this one person finds out that I do art and was asking me if I wanted to do like a collaboration for an art show. I got another contract with another company, so I could stay like a whole nother year. So <laughs> the art show, it was nice. We had like you know, there's probably 500 people there. Also, I have, I have my, my girlfriend there and, she, you know, I taught her some tango. So we got some music together and then we, we did a performance for all these people. And that kind of sparked the interest for doing some more tango in the city. I brought it up to one of my schools I was teaching at. Is why don't I, you know, do like a little intro to tango class. You can also learn English while you're learning how to dance. And so that was an interest for them. And I did that class. The first place we got a gig with was with a cafe. And they, they kind of just opened up and didn't have a lot of business, but made an agreement. And we got some tango classes going on there. And then another place popped up, which was called uh, Mexico Bar. 
it was in a really nice area by the city wall and bridge. And that place, we probably had like 30 students there in this one little bar trying to learn tango. And, you know, we, we did the best we could in that small space. People started hearing and people wanted to do more stuff. So yeah, now we have like five nights of tango a week. And then we start getting noticed by some of the neighboring tango communities. And so they want to like come over and check out the tango scene in, in Xi'an now because it's a new place. You know, Beijing reached out like, hey, we'll, we'll come over and, you know, help you out. This other guy said, hey, I want to put your events on our calendar. And so like China was like super supportive of trying to start something in the tango community as well. So now I guess I have to extend another contract for like two more years. And we got it up to like a really solid community. We had a course group of students that we try to make them be like assistant teachers so that you know if I wasn't there they could jump in and you know assist with teaching so I had like my whole tango life back again you know like there's festivals now we have teachers I have tango all over me surrounding me so like I would have no problem staying there you know even longer because now I have the tango community and then what happened And then life, life just throws all these curveballs at you. Yeah, we find out we're having a, a kid, and then we had to like rush back to the states. And I guess the world was, you know, was on pause for a little bit. Becoming a parent has changed Nick's life, but it hasn't dampened his passion for tango. One of my questions when I was going to call this podcast The Relationship. Yep, an early imagining of this podcast was called The Relationship, a tango podcast was have you ever broken up with tango like was there ever a time when you kind of took a break from it yeah before it was like if I couldn't get to it then you know I was away from it kind of like that that was only kind of break it was okay so there it was only like a long distance relationship every now and then yeah yeah (laughs) like if I if I could reach it I, I would I would go for it but (laughs) but if there's nowhere around it's like you know then I can't do anything um but like even when I when I went to to China like there was no tango there but Jade was there so like we got some you know I was still around tango and uh listen and I also listened to you just brought your own you just brought your own I brought I brought my own they always ask me when I'm coming back do you ever think about it yeah I do (laughs) I want to go back um I think when when is a good time well I guess after COVID of course Um, (laughs) it's all calmed down and then I could save a little bit then we can go I am a little bit happy here though (laughs) like just like the you know somewhat a little bit of an uncertainty over there and um yeah I think I want to like build myself here a little bit because I know it's like if I keep moving like you know stuff was like start to build but then like they're like incomplete right so I want to like try and complete something and have it like self-sustaining before I like move off again and abandon 
abandoned people, <laughs> tango lives. <laughs> Back in his native D.C., Nick teaches, DJs, organizes, and tries to dance with everybody. When I go out, I dance with like almost everybody that I can. That's how you know I was inspired because like, when I was a beginner, especially as a leader, it was hard to get dances with anybody because you don't know what you have to lead it. I guess navigate and you know not everybody's going to give you a chance to dance and so the people that gave me a chance kind of like pushed me to keep going so beginner beginners I'll try to dance with all ages usually like I'm the youngest person at some longest um, but you know I dance with everybody and uh, not just the people my age or, or younger mm-hmm. so I think that really grows the community and keeps keeps them there. In his local community, Nick focuses on paying forward the warm welcome he experienced as a beginner in Portland. He also respects all the quirks and nuances that make different tango communities unique. I would say like in Portland and the West Coast, people are definitely like really super friendly, right? like overly friendly there. And it's like easy to like venture around and, and meet people. And then on the East Coast, I remember like, each time, like, I would go there, if, if nobody knows you, then it's, like, hard to, like, trying to get in. I think I was going to New York sometimes, and, like, like a reset button. Like, I, if I stayed for, like, a week, for example, like, first night, it's like, okay, I, it's going to be a loss, but I got to, like, make my face shown and then dance with a couple people. And, I, oh, I'll get you next time. And <laughs> the next day I'll go, I'll come in, and I have, like, a better flow of dancing. And then the third night, it's like, people are friends, and they're like, hey, come back soon. And then... I don't come back for like a year and all those people are gone. And then I'm like, okay, reset. So I got to do it all over again. So China, I would say is they're all kind of inviting a little bit. Um, like for traditionally, they wouldn't dance so close, like to have them like do like close embrace kind of breaks their, um, what do you call that? Like their, their norm Cult- or cultural norms. Yeah. Like I even, I even had a, a lesson for, for close embrace to, I put like balloons in between them. Like, I blew up some balloons and, like, all right, we're going to do close embrace, but you can have this balloon for right now. And they, they put it in between their chest. and So they know. get used to having something touching their chest. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you know, eventually, like, pop the balloons and, all right, now you guys got to actually come together now. Okay, you got your little icebreaker practice in. Nick's come a long way since that first Valentango back in college. But tango festivals still give him a special thrill. I remember going to the festivals and like I would get this tango high, right? Like my tango level, like it would like increase like really high for like a good amount of time. Then when the festival was over, it's like I would keep it for a little bit and then it would like trickle trickle back down a little bit. And then like the next festival come up, like it'll build back up and I would have it again and then the same pattern would go again. So, you know, can you even, try to even... describe the high? Like what, what, what did that feel like? Oh, it's like, um, it's like you're kind of like on, like, I don't want to say steroids, but <laughs> it's like, uh, like you, you, you level up or something. Like you're in a video game and you like you eat that mushroom and then you're like bigger now. <laughs> <laughs> like so you like, can do then, things that you couldn't do. Like you can reach the coins that are really high up. Yeah. And then you get the star, <laughs> you, get, like, you hit the box and you get the star and then like you can go through anything. Like that's, that's that's how it is, and you don't want you want you don't want that to leave, but it's like a time limit, and then until it runs out, that's how I, I kind of feel when I'm on that. 
so I know, and I know there's some people that are like they hop from like festival to marathon and they just keep that high going. Yeah. Uh, but I, I could never do that because I mean also I mean I forgot to say like when I was first starting tango like I was a college student and you know no money I, I didn't have money for tango shoes I had to like get some old shoes put some duct tape at the bottom of it and that was my you know suede for my my shoes and you know shoes are falling apart but like I still made it work you know I, I just made my way through there even I have some tango shoes that were passed down from an old teacher he's like hey this, this is passed down from me so I'll pass it down to you since I see you like your commitment and everything so I still use those shoes today. <laughs> Ultimately, as a dancer and an organizer, Nick values connecting with others above all else. You know, you can go somewhere and have like a lot more accomplished in one night dancing tango than going to the bar, maybe get into a fight with somebody and, you know, having a hangover. I'd rather like, you know, make a, a meaningful friend or something at the end of the night and have these amazing connections with people in the dance as well as like outside of it too. Thanks to Nick for never giving up on tango, even when he had to bring his own, and for turning that hidden obsession into a friendly one to share far and wide through life's twists and turns. The song featured in this episode, thanks to the Internet Archive, is Después del Carnaval, written by Jose Amuchastegui Gain and recorded by Osvaldo Fresedo y su gran orquesta argentina with Ricardo Ruiz. Thank you.